You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. We welcome back Joseph N. Gagliano, author and creator of No Gray Areas. In this special episode, Joe becomes vulnerable and shares with us the darkest moment of his life. Let's listen in. So Joe, we're back together here again. No Gray Areas. Thanks again for joining us. It's kind of named after your book, so it's the reason that you keep joining us every few weeks. You have a fascinating story for those that are maybe jumping in and haven't heard past podcasts. Um, you went to prison for what we know is the biggest sports scandal in history, correct? Yeah. One of the biggest, correct. Yep. yep. So you ended up in prison writing this book, No Gray Areas, Cautionary Tale. We keep using that phrase, but uh, it's a cautionary tale uh, about choices, but also it's an amazing story about how someone shouldn't be defined by some poor choices they made in the past. But let, let me just start by asking you this question today. What, what was one of the lowest moments for you? What was one of the lowest moments in your life? Personally or, or you know, business-wise or... Well, how about all of those? <laughs> Gosh. Well, personally, I, 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 I'd be remiss if I say, if I didn't say it was my dad's passing. My dad, absolutely the hero of my life. Yeah, you and, were very close you know, to him, weren't really, you? Really, you know, anyone reads, anyone reads the book, they'll see how important he was in my life. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that was, that was a really low moment. I mean. When did he pass? Um, four years ago now. Wow. Four years ago, yeah. Wow. So, but, you know. That's hey, it's a hundred percent mortality in this world, man. Nobody's getting out here yeah, alive. Yeah. I don't care how much your how much your checkbook says you have, or how many yeah. assets you have, or don't have, or whatever it is. We're all going to end up in the same place, and that yeah. reverts back to the core of what you and I are, and and, yeah. and and our faith. Yeah. But through my journey, one of the darkest times in my life was, you know knowing I was going to go to the prison for the second time for something I really didn't feel I did and yeah. something I really didn't feel I deserved that was really just a, in my mind, a continual persecution of what of the choice I had made in the ASU yeah. event. So let me, let me pause here for a second because if, if listeners have been listening, they've been hearing you unpack this story yeah. a little bit. If they've never read your book, which I'd recommend, nograyareas.com, they can go get the book. But if they've just been following the story and they heard you say going to prison a second <laughs> time, in their minds they had to urge the brake sound and they're yeah, going, wait, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah. I knew he went to prison once. Yeah. What do you mean a second time? So what yeah. what what happened yeah. there? It's it's there's a bunch of iterations, Pat, and I don't want to spend twenty minutes trying to go through it, but I'll try to try to condense it as best as I can and um, this was in 2008, 2009, when the economy and the, the, the markets were about to implode. Uh, the banks really shut down lending. Yep. I had one of my car wash locations. I went ahead and did a SBA loan with my father at that point. Um, my father was 85% ownership. I was 15% owners, owners in it. And, um, my dad was going through at that point, it was, um, it was liver cancer. Uh, because we, he fought a lot of different Yeah, cancers, we had right? colon yeah. can he had colon cancer yeah. first and liver cancer, then lung cancer. It was just and I had complete power of attorney for my parents' estate. I mean, I signed for everything for my parents. I did every financial transaction for my parents. And you know, um, we did this SBA loan when my dad was eighty five percent, I was fifteen percent. We were both guaranteeing the loan. And um 
The day came that the, doc, the docs were done. My dad felt like garbage because he had chemotherapy the day before, and he said, Joey, just go sign for me. So I call up the banker at Wells Fargo, and this guy, Will, Will Frazier, and if I see him again, him and I are going to have a conversation because he knows. He knows what the truth is. He knows is. the truth. He knows the truth, yeah. and you can't get away from the he truth. He didn't come in to defend you. No, you okay. can't get away from the truth. So he called the title company and authorized the title company to release the docs to me. I signed on behalf of my mom and dad, and I signed my own personal name. But I didn't have the proper power of attorney. I didn't have the proper power of attorney registered with the title company. And I didn't have the proper notary either. So the notary notarized my name and my dad's name. And Pat, it's the only loan I've ever defaulted on. And I say that because I had a whole bunch of business loans out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, at one point, I had over 600 employees working for my companies. We did a tremendous amount of revenue. I had a lot of leverage out there with banks. Mm -hmm. It's the only loan in my entire business career that I ever defaulted on. And I defaulted on it because it was the worst economic period in the history of our nation. Yeah, there were a lot of loans being there, defaulted there were, on. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so I defaulted on it. And I put myself into a bankruptcy in 2009. I put myself into a bankruptcy, and being a proper uh, proper petitioner of a bankruptcy, I listed that 15% as the debt. Well, when the government got a hold of it, they thought I was listing my dad's 85%. They didn't realize my dad and I have the same name, except for my middle initial. And so I end up getting indicted. I ended up getting indicted for six of the seven counts of conspiracy to commit bank fraud. Like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, there's things that I've done wrong, the ASU thing being one of them, but I didn't commit bank fraud. There was no intent to defraud. There was no intent to deceive. I actually lost a million and a half dollars on the property. The yeah. world imploded. Yeah. The world yeah. imploded. I didn't go out and get a loan on the property and put back money, take back cash out of a property. I lost money. I yep. lost the deal. Yep. The, the, the bank did some creative things with this TARP program that they had with President Obama at that point. And, and that's, that's the truth of it. That's the reality of it. So I get indicted. I get on seven counts. I get indicted of seven counts of conspiracy to commit bank fraud. And the conversations with my attorneys go like this. He said, Joe, we'll beat six out of the seven counts eight days a week. Yeah. No problems. But the one count that you signed without the proper power of attorney, you're going to be in front of a jury of 12 people. They're going to see your tax returns. They're going to see the pictures of your houses, a picture of your boat and picture of you know, all these things, the government's going to say that they're going to somehow creatively put in there that you were involved with the ASU scandal back in 20, uh, in 2000. They're going to see all these things. And if they find you guilty on one count because of your prior and because of the dollar amount, you're looking at a mandatory minimum of 10 years. Wow. So what do you do? So, so the attorney's telling you, you're, you're indicted for seven things. He's telling you, I guarantee you we can get you off on six of six of these. Yeah. But in front of a jury, this one, they're going to bring up all this other stuff. So now a jury's sitting there going, this is, a, this is already a felon. He's already a felon. Look what he did. And, and oh, by the way, his last name ends in a vowel. So yeah. the, the yeah. government's going <laughs> to yeah. try to create yeah. some type of link or a, uh, some type of... Yeah possible association with organized crime, which was never about me or my family. We, we just never played that game. Yeah. So the government, and I, but believe me, Pat, I'm not playing a victim. Yeah. I, I, I know what I did with the ASU thing. I deserved what I did. And I'm a semi-intelligent person, right? Yeah. I just don't know what I did to get indicted again. Yeah. 
other than persecution and being low-hanging fruit for what was done, the choice that I made in 93, 94. That's the part that I really couldn't get around. So the government's got a 90, almost a 98% conviction rate for a reason. Is because the way the laws are written, you know, I get indicted for, I plead guilty to conspiracy to commit a bank fraud. Okay, what does that mean? I conspired? Who did I conspire with? Yeah. My you, dad? You, My dad yeah. authorized me to sign. Yeah. And it didn't matter. The bankers, the bankers knew five out of the seven bankers that gave the testimony to the FBI agents said they were, they spoke with my father directly. Yeah. But so, that doesn't matter. So who'd I conspire with? Yeah. It, it's, but I'm not mad, Pat. I'm yeah. not mad. I'm not playing victim. It is what it is. But isn't this interesting, Joe, because it displays again the the consequences. Man, that's, um, that's you, what... you, you made that, the, the poor choice you made back in 94 to fix those games, you were still living out the consequences of that yeah. over a, a decade yeah. later. That's the whole purpose of why I wrote the book and turned down all the money and turned down the offers because it's never been about money. When I sat down and I wrote this book originally, it was for my four kids. I wanted my four kids to understand why their father is a two-time felon. It just morphed on its own into something different. It morphed on its own into a cautionary tale of how the consequences of choices can lead. The consequences of trying to get instant gratification can lead you down once you compromise your integrity and get off center, it'll just jack you up. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. I did it in 93. I own it. I was wrong. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not embarrassed by it. What happened in 2012 with that indictment, I don't agree with it. That doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. I don't agree with it. Yeah. The government did what they wanted to do. And I believe they did it because I was low-hanging, I was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So when you talk about the darkest time in my life, is when I came home in January of 2013, it was right after January 1st, right after New Year's, and I knew I had just pled guilty, again, for the second time in my life to becoming a felon. And I knew I was going to prison again. Mm. I'm like, what the heck Mm. am I doing? Yeah. So I literally, I was like in a state of depression, flipping lights off in the house and maybe ordering a pizza if I got to eat and just out of it, right? I just walk into my office, my home office over there at the house, and uh, I start Googling different ways to kill myself. Hmm. So when you talk, what's your darkest moment, Joe? Man, outside of my dad's passing, which you know I, I, I can get my arms around because of 100% mortality in this world, and I get it. But outside of that, that was my darkest moment. Yeah. yeah. That was flipping yeah. painful, man. What what made it? What what made you come to that point where you were or caused you to come to that point where you were thinking, man, I don't even know if I want to live anymore. It's was the, it having to tell your family? It's was the it... perception is reality. It's like telling oh. at that point I had a our oldest daughter Gianna was a senior in high school. We had Raina that was a sophomore in high school. We had Peyton, which was just going into high school. We got my son Mateo was just in I think he was in third grade at the time. How do I tell my kids that hey, I gotta go away. I got to go to prison. And then when they say, what'd you do? And I say, I don't really know. Mm. I don't really know. I, well, I did this loan with your grandfather and the government saying it was wrong. And then they say, well, why can't Papa just tell them that he knew about it? I said, well, he did, but they don't want to believe him either. Yeah. How do you explain that to kids? Hey, I'm going to miss your graduation. I'm, I'm going to miss you going away to college. 
I'm going to miss your homecoming dance. I, I don't know when I'll be back because I, I got to throw myself at the mercy of a judge. Yeah. How do you explain that? Yeah. You don't. And you start running these things through your mind. So you say, how do you get to a dark point where you want to go on a flipping computer and start learning different ways to kill yourself? Put those pieces together. Yeah. I come from a good family. I, I believe in the moral fiber, the moral fabric of yeah. a family. I love my kids. I love my wife. Yet I got to tell them, I'm going away in this country that I love. And I believe in the, the Bill of Rights and I believe in our Constitution. I believe you're innocent until proven guilty. But I can't even tell my kids what I did because yeah. I don't even know what yeah. I did. Yeah. So all of that is confusing to you now because Man. innocent till proven guilty, but you yeah. felt a little more guilty. Well, the bad, of, it, that's what the platform with no gray areas is all about, Pat, is because it stemmed from a choice that I made when I was 22, yeah. 23 years old at the Board of Trade. And that choice was flat out wrong. It, yeah. it's, you can't even justify it. Say, hey, it was cool. You went to Vegas. You made some bets on a game. No, man, it was jacked up. It was wrong. Yeah. But that choice and becoming that felon and becoming that target and becoming that labeled person carries with you all the way through your life. Yes. There's no way to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone throws a, a, a dart at the wall and say, hey, we're going to go after uh, people because the, the, the financial market's imploded and let's go after all these bank loans that default, uh, all these bank loans that defaulted, hey, there's a name we recognize. There's Gagliano. Wasn't he involved in that ASU thing? Hey, he'll be, he'll be low-hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah. That's kind of how the whole thing goes down. Yeah. I, Pat, I want to make real, real clear. If you hear anything of what I just said, I am not playing the victim. Yeah. I own what I did. Did I sign my dad's name? Yes, I did. Did my dad know about it, though? 1,000%. Mm -hmm. Did I have power of attorney for my parents' estate? A million percent. Yep. Did the government care? Hell no. Yep. Hell no. Because yep. for me, I was just a tool. I was a tool for them. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying they're bad guys. They have an agenda, yeah, they, have a, they have a job, and they do it, and they do it well for the most part. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. You know, you know though, this, this brings up two things, I think, two truths that we have to really look at. One of them is this idea that, uh, and you said it, uh, there's consequences. I mean, the, 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 and that's what you want young people to, to hear, right, is yeah. when you make a poor choice, that you may have to carry that through your whole life. But there's a second part that I think is so important for people to hear is we have to be so careful in our country or just as humanity to not define people by a choice they made two years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And that's what we do so often, isn't it? it it's not a forgiving world. It, it seems like it's very forgiving if the person that's being pro uh, persecuted wants to throw themselves on the mercy of the feet and, and just, you know, and just almost grovel for forgiveness. And, you know, look at the Tiger yeah. Woods situation, for example. Now he's loved again, right? Yeah. He's loved again because he won. He's loved again because he <laughs> overcame uh -huh. the 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 adversities and the daggers that were thrown at him. And that's great. I mean, I'm a Tiger Woods fan. I mean, I'm not throwing anything negative there at all. But I'm saying, but that's the reality of our world. The reality is the world is that this information age, you can't escape anything. And that was really the, why we, we're doing this platform the way we're doing it for these kids and about choices. You may think you get away with something right now, but it ain't, it's, it's, you're mm -hmm. not getting away with jack squat. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way just because you delete something on the internet doesn't mean it doesn't Probably exist. Probably more so now than any other time yeah. in human history, right? Because yeah. it's, nothing's really gone anymore. Nothing's gone anymore. Information age yeah. is just so deep. They can yeah. get anything. 
there's nothing sacred anymore. There's yeah. nothing sacred anymore. And that, I think if when we're out there talking to kids, we're out there talking to high schools and colleges, and we're, and we're giving out this message, I think if that's the one thing we could at least get across, if that's the takeaway these kids can get at the end of the day, then my silly story has served a purpose. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I look at yeah. it. Yeah. Well, once again, thanks for sharing your story. And uh, once again, it is a great reminder of you, you're going to carry with these choices. But again, I think the other thing that we can take away from this is I just want to plead with our audience. Don't define people by a mistake they made. That's that's not the totality of them. The totality of Joe Gagliano is not the mistake you made back yeah. in 1994. Yeah. Right. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it, but unfortunately, I'm in the minority. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, but it's yeah. but that's how we we've had other people on this podcast that have talked about the the inherent dignity that yeah. humans have. You have inherent dignity simply because you're a human being created in the image of God, regardless of what decisions you've made in life. Now, especially since you're just owning those too. Now you're owning them and saying, "Hey, I, I want other and, people to learn from this." And I'm not deflecting anything, man. Yeah. I put the book out there. I put my heart in there. I this is where I'm flawed. This is the mistakes I made. These are what maybe some things I may be good at, but I didn't yeah. boast about that in the book. It is what it is. Yeah. It would be such a simple world if everyone just owned what they did, yep. instead of all these politicians yep. and all these kids deflecting blame and pointing yep. fingers like this all the yep. time. It's like, just own it, man. Yeah. It is what it is. We're yes. all jacked up. Yes. We're all flawed. Just own it. What What if, What if? if? how refreshing would it be if we heard a politician, let's say, and someone's accusing them of something they said 12 years ago, and instead of trying to cover it up, saying, I did say that, and I'm a different person today. But I've, I've grown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better now. And that was wrong, what I said, instead of covering it. That's you know. a novel concept. Yeah. You yeah. know what, Pat? If you ran for office, I, I can't even vote for you because I'm a felon. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it's okay. So it's one less vote yeah. you're going to get, okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate All that. Right. Thanks. Joe, thanks for coming on here again. You got it, buddy. All right. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.